0: I'm going to invite you all to stand with me as we open the gospel together. We're looking at the gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. Matthew, chapter 28. And I'm going to begin here with verse 1 and read down through verse 9. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. May God add his blessing to that word. Please be seated. As a congregation, over the last few weeks during Lent and up till Easter, we've been looking at seven words that can change your life. And now that it's Easter Sunday, I was really kind of wrestling with what is the one word that captures the essence of this day? Well, imagine, if you will, 2,000 years ago, as you begin to follow a man named Jesus, He teaches like no other teacher. He performs miracles and speaks with such authority that he's able to forgive sin. You left everything to follow Jesus. You you left your home, your, your work, your family. And yes, there were those people who told you you were crazy, but you didn't care because you were convinced that this little community that Jesus was establishing was indeed going to change the world. And for a while, it was really an adventure. Then on one Sunday, you and the group of his disciples suddenly go into Jerusalem, and you see that everybody wanted to make him a king. And there you were. You were thrilled. You were excited. You were convinced, well, here it is. Here it comes. We finally arrived. The world is going to be different. Problem was, of course, that week, it turned out, he didn't want to be that kind of king. He refused their politics and their pressures and their prejudices, and suddenly things went south really fast. One of the disciples betrayed him. He was arrested. He was mocked and beaten at a trial. There were whippings and stripped naked. He was finally crucified on Friday nailed to a cross between two criminals. You can't help but remember the Bible said, cursed is the one who hangs on a tree. And you thought, how could God curse Jesus? He was such a good man. And so it it meant absolute failure, and you wondered, how could God let this happen? And so you found yourself in deep, deep despair. So on Sunday, you go to the tomb to pay your respects and really just wallow in your confusion. But the weird thing was, as you get there, you realize that the guards that were supposedly guarding the entrance to that tomb are gone. The stone, which was supposed to, to be uh, there, again, blocking the entrance to that tomb, had been rolled aside And amazingly, (laughs) there's an angel. And this angel says to you, Jesus is not here. He is risen. And you turn around to tell everybody this good news that Jesus is alive. And along the way, you meet him. It's true. Jesus really is alive. Now, given all of that, What do you think would be the first words out of your mouth that first Easter morning? You know, we we have this tradition, we've practiced it this morning. In fact, this happens at gatherings all around the world. Somebody will say, he is risen, and the people respond, he is risen indeed. Very good, very good. And you know, that's a really beautiful sentiment, But, but I'm doubting that the response on that first Easter Sunday was quite so refined and polished. I think that first Sunday morning, when they heard the message that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead, I suspect that the first word heard on Easter was simply, Wow! Wow! Wow is what we say when we don't know what to say, right? When something happens and suddenly our world unexpectedly is turned upside down, we didn't see it coming and we don't quite know how to take it all in, we say, wow. Wow is an expression of wonder and awe. And suddenly you realize the world is bigger than you thought it was. Easter is about wow. Wow. Now, if we stop and think about it, you know, the world has a, quite a few wows in it. Think about the billions of stars that we're told are in our galaxy. Look at that night nice sky, and suddenly you think about the smallness of the world we live in, which seems to us so very big, but in comparison to the vast universe, you just can't help but stop and say, wow. Then there are other moments that come along in history, uh, The Wright brothers. They get into this little machine and all of a sudden human beings can fly. Wow. A few decades later, what happened? A man named Neil Armstrong comes along and uh, he takes his first step on the moon. Some of you were old enough. I wasn't old enough to remember that. But uh, wow. I remember when Ohio State in 2014... (laughs) used their third-string quarterback to win the national title, beating the three top Heisman contenders that year. Wow, that was great. Well, last fall, my son Caleb took me to the Ohio State-Michigan game in Ann Arbor. Ohio State had won like 10 in a row, something like that. And of course, you know the story. Michigan beat Ohio State. And I was like wow (laughs) and not in a good way okay my children's births were wow moments I guess you could say I remember when Micah Micah my third son was born I remember being in the hospital room with Mary of course you you if you've had that experience you know it's it's a lot of things, it's messy, it's noisy, there's a lot of things going on, and I'm one of those guys that would have been perfectly happy to be sitting in the waiting room while it all went on, but, but suddenly I'm thrust into this moment, and I'm finding myself, and this is the third time I've been through this, I, I'm getting a little woozy at one point. And of course, I'm supposed to be supportive and coaching, but I really think I'm going to be on the ground here soon. So, because birth is really hard on the dad, I'm telling you. Um, Laughter so, so I had to literally just leave the room. I just had to, to get out of there, and I went down to another room. One of the nurses was kind enough to give me a fruit drink because, you know, I'm looking pretty bad and pretty white and all. So, so Mary is thinking, he's going to miss this, and she's not happy with me anyway at that point. So, so, but don't worry, don't worry. I had my fruit drink. I was revived. I was able to get back in time. And so when Micah was born, my wife asked, is the baby okay? And the doctor said, yes, uh, the baby and your husband are both pinking up at the same time. (laughs) Doing really well, thank you, thank you. Wow, wow. Remember the day you got your driver's license? What freedom, boy was that fun. Wow, they're gonna let me go wherever I wanna go, wow. Wow. We could go through a list of these wows. We could share them back and forth all day. But I want to tell you something this morning. That is nothing compared to what is the biggest wow of all. Because of Jesus and his resurrection, sin has been paid for. Death has been defeated. You can live forever with God for eternity. Wow! And so, quickly this morning, I want to give you three truths that I'd like you to walk away with. The first one is this the resurrection really happened. Years ago, a man's wife died and was resuscitated, in fact, in an unusual way. It turned out as the pallbearers were carrying her casket in the cemetery, one of them stumbled over a rock, the casket fell on the ground. The, the uh, commotion actually revived the woman and she lived for seven more years. Well, seven years later, she died again but this time on her way to the graveside, when they when came to that same spot on the path, the husband shouted, don't forget about that rock. Watch out. Now that story probably didn't happen, okay? But the story of the resurrection of Jesus did. I know, I know at Easter there are, is this, this kind of idea floating around about Easter that, that Jesus probably existed and Jesus was probably a really good teacher. Jesus probably inspired some people. Jesus was probably a very good man but he was just that, a man. He was just a man, a great man who died. And when he died, people missed him. And it upset them and some folks got together and they felt like they, they sensed his presence or they, they sensed that, that they still lingered in some sense. And so, so that turned into a, a series of stories, mythic stories about resurrection. And because ancient people were so naive, they just kind of took them way too seriously. Resurrection was supposed to to be symbolic. It was a folk story about the power of hope and how life just tends to reemerge. But I want you to know this morning that that the New Testament writers will let us have nothing to do with that kind of notion. The the resurrection story was never understood to be a nice story, a, a nice myth. This is uh, the the Gospel of Luke, for instance, and I want you to notice how seriously he writes this when he puts this together. He begins his Gospel this way. In Luke 1, he says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were the first eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. You see, if, if you look at Luke, he wants you to know there is something certain about this. Whatever you think about his writing, he is not writing to be, in a sense, symbolic. These stories are drawn from eyewitnesses. For instance, and I love this in the Gospel of Mark, Mark says, a certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by and they forced him to carry the cross. Now, I want you to notice here that that Mark notes there's a man named Simon. Now, Simon was a pretty popular name in Israel that day. So to distinguish this Simon from all the others, he, he gives some indicators. This is Simon of Cyrene. And to go even further, to make it clear, he notes that this is the father of Alexander and Rufus. Now, why in the world would Mark go to that extent to include that this Simon of Cyrene is the father of Alexander and Rufus? Well, it's almost like Mark is saying to the people reading his gospel, You know them. They're in our community. In fact, most scholars would say they became Christians, they're part of the church. So Mark is literally saying, You can ask them what happened. Paul, in his uh, letter, refers to 500 people who eyewitnessed the risen Christ. He's acknowledging, hey, if you don't believe me, go ask them. I love the fact, this is so fascinating to me, that the first eyewitnesses of the empty tomb, according to the resurrection accounts, were women. Listen, that would not be the way you would tell a story in the ancient world. In the ancient world, women could not be witnesses in a court of law. They weren't credible. Uh, Roman law system or the, the Jewish law system. In fact, Luke, he writes this. Think about this. It was Mary Magdalene. Notice the names here. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this the resurrection story to the apostles, but they, the men, the apostles, did not believe the women because their words seemed to them, the men, to be nonsense. Can you believe there was a time when men were slow to take women seriously? (laughs) Happened. But Think about this, guys. The women were the first to preach, Jesus Christ is alive. And the men said, fake news. (laughs) Even back then. It wasn't until some of the men actually saw Jesus that they began to take them seriously. And my point is this, if you were going to tell this story, if you were making up a story, trying to, to convince gullible people about a higher truth, you would never use women as the first eyewitnesses to your account. It wouldn't happen. And yes, yet yeah, that's exactly what we read. And why is that? Well, the reason the story is told that way is because that's how it really happened. Wow! The resurrection really happened, and they want you to know. They want you to know that because of this next truth. The second one is this the resurrection changed everything. The resurrection is the hinge of history. The truth is, to this day, we date human history by the life of that one man who lived and died and was raised again. And listen, I I don't know what issues you have this morning as you walk into this place. But I want to show you a picture. Now, I've got to be honest, I really kind of wrestled with this, whether I would bring this up, because it's sobering, to be sure. This is a grave of a Ukrainian man who was shot trying to rescue his wife from a Russian soldier who raped her. Now I'm not gonna read the account of what happened there because it is brutal. But I want you to know two things. This man loved his wife and he loved Jesus. And you look at this picture and you think, what a waste, what a tragedy. There it is, that's how it ends, a hole in the ground. But you know, as I looked at that picture, I couldn't help but see that simple cross standing there. And it stands in testimony that evil does not get the last word. Amen. Listen, Jesus came and he showed us what God was like. He showed God's love. He said there is an sparrow that falls that God is not aware of. That means, that he was indicating that God cares about each person intimately, every detail of our lives. And God is infinitely good. He showed us that God is concerned about the hurting and the poor and the confused and the lost and the lonely. And there was this amazing movement. But then Jesus died. and the movement was gone. It died with him. Listen, on Saturday, there was nothing left to that movement. They were all going home. They were all going back to work. They were trying to figure out what had just happened. They knew that they were in for just hearing their their, their family and their friends mock them because it was over. Nothing had changed. Evil had won. But then Sunday. And it was on. (laughs) Wow. Sunday came. And I I really, I want to just take a moment. I hope you understand this. Christianity is really quite unique in this. In that if you look at other faiths, they they evolved over time. But I want to tell you about Christianity. It suddenly happened in one day. One day it did not exist, and then the next day it did. And people were ready to die for it. And as a matter of historical fact, they indeed indeed did die for it. It gave birth to the church, and that's why we're here this morning. That's why we're planning and and, and extending our our ministry to Illyria. Because we believe He's alive, and it changes everything. We're, We're told in the gospels so the women hurried away from the tomb afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples remember Jesus or the angel said you'll see him in Galilee but did you notice this suddenly Jesus met them greetings he said now you talk about an understatement there it's almost as if and Jesus is being a little bit humorous here isn't he I mean, he was, they were supposed to meet him in Galilee. Jesus can't wait. Jesus is so excited about this. He meets them and he kind of understates this. Hello, hello. Apparently, something's going on here. And look what happens. They came to him, clasped his feet, and noticed this, and worshiped him. Yesterday, he was a crucified criminal a failed teacher. Today, he's the Lord of the universe and they worshiped him. Listen to me, friends. People who know that he's alive worship him. And not just on Easter. Because his way, the way of serving others, his way of love, his humility... His willingness to self-sacrifice, his dedication to purity and righteousness. It, it didn't end at the cross, it wasn't thwarted at the cross. In fact, it just turned the cross into the most recognizable symbol in all of human history. It says to us, you don't have to live in fear anymore. You don't have to live in defeat anymore. Listen, nations rise and fall. Civilizations come and go. But you, my friend, are made to live with God in eternity forever. Wow! The resurrection of Jesus Christ changed everything. And that leads to this third truth resurrection is meant to be deeply personal it really happened it changes everything but the resurrection is deeply personal, what do I mean by that listen listen carefully, we, we talk about the wonder of being born and boy is that a wow moment But part of this life, we know this, also means our lives come to an end. The Bible says this, just as people are destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Now, let me ask you, are you just waiting to get out of here? Or are you waiting for him? Because here's the truth about you. The biggest wow of your experience hasn't happened yet. Did you you hear me? The biggest wow of your experience has not happened yet. The most amazing moment in your life will be that moment after you die. And we don't talk about that much. But we know it. We will all face that moment. And here's the truth. Either you will see God and rejoice and worship Him, or the Bible says you will face an eternity without Him. Wow. Listen, God doesn't want anybody to go into an eternity without His Son. He says to us, I took your sin on the cross. I will give you grace and my love and my forgiveness for all those places and times you've messed up. It comes as a free gift to you. And I will come into your life, that resurrection power that was in Jesus, I will put it in you. And together, as long as we have breath, I will teach you how to live more and more like Jesus. And when your life is done, you can be with me forever in eternity after you die. Psalm 23, we know it, we've heard it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Verse four says, and yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, For thou art with me. Pastor David Barnhouse was driving with his son in the car when his 11-year-old son asked him, Dad, what's the shadow of death? At that moment, a semi-truck passed the car and it blocked the sun for just a second. And his dad said, you know, son, would you rather get hit by that truck or by its shadow? I love that image. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Because if you trust Christ, death has no ultimate claim on you. It doesn't win. You see, it was a wow moment when you were born. It's another wow moment when you are born again. And Christ gives you His life. So that that moment after you die, you will not only be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, you'll be celebrating the resurrection of you. Wow! Wow! My sins won't drag me down. No more tears. No more cancer. No more war. No more inflation. Good has overcome evil. Creation is going to be redeemed. Suffering is going to cease. Every loss is going to be restored. You are not suffering from anything a good resurrection can't fix. That moment will come. It will come. It will surely come. Why? For one reason and one reason alone Jesus Christ has been raised, He's alive. It really happened. It changes everything. And he did it for you. He did it for you. So this morning, I'd like us to maybe have a little fun and just change up the liturgy a little bit. And I'm going to say, Jesus Christ is risen. And instead of saying, he is risen indeed, would you just respond with me uh, with a hearty wow. 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 Okay, so here we go. Can we do this together? You ready? Take a deep breath. Jesus Christ is risen. Wow. Jesus Christ is risen. Wow. Amen. Amen. That is the best news you will ever hear. It is the greatest gift that's ever been given. That's why we celebrate. That's why we sing. May that be your hope this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Whoopee, whoopee. whoopee. Yeah, amen. Let's, uh, let's go to prayer, shall we? Father, I thank you for this moment, this time when we can celebrate and praise you and lift you up. Oh God, dear Jesus, would you, uh, would you minister to, our, to each and every individual here? May they know your peace, your grace, your mercy. And may this day, may this moment be our resurrection moment. When we say yes to your gift, when we say yes, Lord, Lord, I pray that just as we were wild at moments of birth, we might be wild at moments of being born again into your kingdom, given the promise of living forever because of what Jesus has done for us. And so, Father, we confess our sins to you. We repent of them. We ask that that life of Jesus would come into us that we might too be raised on that day. Thank you, Lord. We say together, wow, wow, wow. Amen.